1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: It's time to play like a jet with your host Scott Mason.
1: Play like a jet. What does that mean? Mackay Becton, ladies and gentlemen,
0: human beings we God, that large should going. not run as fast as Mackay Becton did. A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires end zone. It's caught. Incredible
1: play by Donald. He'll hit He'll immediately. Hit immediately. And he got the handoff. And you know what? It's the <laughs> Qinator. Oh my gosh! Listen,
2: thank you.
3: From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it is time to talk about the Jets and the Rams post-game report. The Jets won this one 23-20 and picked up their first win of the season. Yay? To <laughs> talk about this, of course, as always, it's Andy Vasquez of NorthJersey.com. Hey, Andy.
2: This is a stupid team, Scott. That's all I'm going to say. And I'm not, like, it's not even an insult. It's just stupid, like, stupid. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that more, but that's how I'm doing. I'm just marveling at the stupidity of this team and, and that things like this happen. I'm not saying, like, stupid, like, they're dumb. I'm just saying, like, that things like this can can happen with them. It's, it's, it's stupid. So I don't know if that made any sense, but I'm sure not a lot – Makes sense to Jets fans right now So hopefully you guys can relate
3: Andy The only thing I can say is this Team never stops finding new ways To hurt me they always find (laughs) New ways to hurt me it's been going On for 35 years The Jets had one chance to turn this around. Everybody knew what was going on here. They were 0-13. Trevor Lawrence, who's a generational quarterback prospect, was sitting there. He was theirs for the taking if they could just do what everybody was expecting and hoping they would do, which was finish this out. And instead, they went into L.A., jet-lagged, after flying back after a butt-kicking by the Seahawks last week, 40-3. They went into L.A., Double-digit underdogs, they got out to an early lead, the Rams came back, they came within striking distance, and we'll get into all of this in a bit, and then they fell short at the end. Sean McVay and Jared Goff, I don't even know what was going on with both of those guys today, and as I said, we'll discuss this more in detail in a little bit, but let me say this first of all. Congratulations to the players who worked hard to achieve this victory. Regardless of what fans wanted, players don't tank. They're professionals. They have pride in their craft, and we should never expect them to want to tank. However, for everybody that was saying this is great because the players had to be dejected or sad because they weren't winning games, I don't care. I really don't. I'm sorry. I don't care about the professional pride of these guys. I'm a fan, and I'm looking at the long-term interest of the team, and that's what I'm concerned about. So if Conor McGovern is upset that Jets fans were rooting for the tank, if Conor McGovern was sad because the Jets weren't winning games, well, A, play better at the beginning of the year, and this wouldn't have ever gotten to this point, point. and B, I don't care. So all due respect to Conor McGovern, seems like a good guy. He started to play better He's going to be here next year As a fan, I don't care if you're upset about losing a game I'm looking at this from the standpoint of What would have been best for the team in the long run And what would have been best for the team in the long run Would have been for them to have gotten Trevor Lawrence Because not only would they have gotten A generational quarterback prospect But they also would have put themselves in the driver's seat To get the coach of their choice And that's probably not going to happen now. I should point out, there are two games left, and anything can happen. If the Jets could beat the Rams, who were two touchdown favorites over them today, then certainly it's not impossible that the Jaguars could win a game in the next two weeks against either the Bears or the Colts. That said, the odds are not great, and the Jets now went from being in the driver's seat here to having to rely on somebody else essentially doing them a favor, Which is never a position that you want to be in. And there are going to be a lot of conversations at the end of the season as to what the Jets should do. Which coaches should they target? What should they do at quarterback? What should they do with their draft picks? Who should they target in free agency? We'll get into that after the season's over. There's really no need to dwell on it now. What I will say is, in terms of this particular game, the Rams were bad from the get-go. They started to turn it on at the end, and it looked like they might pull this out. But really, Jared Goff was not all that good today, especially at the end. And Sean McVay, I don't know if he outthought himself or what he was doing, but this did not work out well. And the Jet defense was fired up. They played very well early on, forced that turnover. Jared Goff throwing an interception that became the first one in the career of Bryce Hall. Hopefully, it'll be the first of many for young Bryce Hall. Nathan Shepard looked amped up We saw some nice plays from Marcus May Particularly the one that basically ended the game at the end In one-on-one coverage where he knocked that pass away Quinnen Williams was all over the place He was just dominating He got hurt at the end And Andy, we'll talk about that when we discuss the injuries later But he was absolutely wreaking havoc on the field today And on the offensive side of the ball Sam Darnold played his best game of the season It Wasn't great It was fine. It was solid. It was actually, other than the interception, statistically almost identical to what Jared Goff did, but he didn't make any huge mistakes. He didn't make any incredible plays, but he was fine. 22 of 31, 207 yards and a touchdown. Frank Gore carried the ball 23 times for 59 yards, averaged 2.6 yards per carry, but He had all the big plays here. He had that touchdown toward the end of the game that ended up giving the Jets the lead for good. He also had the big first down at the end that sealed it for the Jets and made sure that the Rams were not going to get the ball back. Ty Johnson, three carries for 16 yards, so this was all Frank Gore on the ground. Passing game-wise, Ty Johnson actually did make an impact. He had a screen pass that he took in for a touchdown on the first drive of the game. Rashad Perriman not targeted a ton but he did catch one pass for 21 yards Denzel Mims not a huge factor three catches for 18 yards Crowder was the one that really did the damage in the passing game today Six catches for 66 yards But overall basically what happened here Andy is the Jets came out firing on all cylinders The offense cooled down after they did some early damage, they went into the locker room leading 13-3. Partially because Adam Gase made a tactical error by not running the ball more and killing clocks, so the Rams were able to drive down the field and get a field goal. Some very questionable decisions by McVeigh and Goff at the end. Instead of trying to move the chains when it was third and four and fourth and four when they were getting close to field goal range... They threw bombs down the field that went incomplete. Still have no idea what that was about. We had that big return that actually would have put the Rams ahead if it had gone for a touchdown. But, of course, Braden Mann, who has to be leading the league in tackles for a punter this season made the stop and, quote-unquote, saved the game. I guess it depends on your vantage point, whether or not he saved the game or did something that you didn't want him to do. So that's what ended up happening there. There was a touchdown on the drive before, the one where the Rams got a field goal to make it 23-20, where there was a touchdown that ended up getting called back. The Rams would have gone ahead. Instead, they only ended up pulling to within three points. Bless Austin got flagged a bunch today. Joe Blewett was probably laughing because on X and O Quick Hits earlier this week, he torched Bless Austin and talked about how he's overrated. He doesn't understand why Jets fans like him so much. His film is very pedestrian and he's always doing stupid things. This would qualify as stupid getting called for all of these penalties. So I think in a nutshell, that's pretty much it. Jets played well at the beginning on offense. In the second half, they did enough to continue their momentum and stay ahead of the Rams, and the Rams were playing catch-up the whole time, and the sand ran out on the hourglass, basically. The Rams were catching up, but they just didn't have enough time to catch the Jets, and the Jets were able to finally get a win here and go to 1-13 against a team that nobody expected them to beat. And Andy, we were joking about this. I always say, any given Sunday, the only game this season that I thought there was no way the Jets had any chance to win was Kansas City. Because I just felt like no matter what the Jets did, the Chiefs would score. And there was no amount of points the Jets could get that the Chiefs couldn't come back from. Any other game, no matter how big of a underdog they were... I thought there was always that chance because that's how the NFL works. And today, that's what we saw. A lot of people were worried about that last game against the New England Patriots. Doesn't matter now. But I told people, don't be worried about the Patriots. Don't be worried about the Browns. Take it one week at a time. Be worried about the Rams. And that's essentially the result you got today. So the Rams go to 9-5. and five. And now they take on the Seattle Seahawks, who suddenly find themselves in the catbird seat for the division, the NFC West, and the Jets have two games left. The Jaguars have the tiebreaker over the Jets for strength of schedule, so... Unless the Jets lose the next two and the Jaguars win one of the next two, which isn't impossible, but it's not likely, the Jets will not be picking first. And then the decision of what to do becomes a lot more difficult. Andy, that I think was the biggest takeaway from this game, but obviously I just went through all of it. What were your thoughts watching this unfold? Because you were one of the people that said... That there was no way the Jets were going to lose this game You said, ah, the Browns might be the Browns Or the Patriots, they're not so good That might be the one that they end up winning This one ends up being the one that they win Scale of 1 to 10, how surprised were you? I mean, I'd say like an 8 or a 9 I mean, if you were to rate the
2: games going into them That I thought they had no chance of winning I would put the Chiefs, like you said, number 1 And I would have put this one next Just given everything you kind of talked about with the, all the flying, flying to Seattle, flying back, flying back to L.A., all the weirdness, the, the losing their worst by their biggest margin under Gase to Seattle last week, a Seattle team that looked vulnerable when the Jets had just come off a game where Sam Darnold actually did play pretty well in the second half to put them in position to beat the Raiders. Sam comes out and plays terrible. They get smoked by Jamal Adams and the Seahawks. It's embarrassing he figured that was it and now they're going their offense which can't score touchdowns is going to play the defense that's playing the best in the NFL right now with a guy who can decimate their offensive line and Aaron Donald against two two backups on the offensive line i mean yeah i didn't think they could win this game and like history says that they shouldn't have won the game i mean this is the biggest upset in terms of point spread the jets have ever had other than super bowl 3 which i think they were 18 and a half or 18 point underdogs they were 17 is what it closed at it's also according to um stathead which is also known as profootballreference.com that has like their other site but according to that database this is the only only two games have been bigger upsets than 17 points going back through their database, which goes back, I think, into the 40s. I don't know if they have the spread for every game, but probably every game for pretty recently. And the Patriots um, are the team that have had the biggest upset at 17.5. The Jets at 17 is tied for the second biggest upset in NFL history, according to that database, so this was a huge upset that I don't even think we're like realizing how big it was because it's the result is so shocking. What it means for the te- the future of the team is so shocking. And yeah, to touch on the players thing, like my job is to cover the players, so it's meaningful. It's a meaningful story, like how the players feel and how the players think, and that's meaning it's meaningful, but only to right now. It does not. Outweigh or bear anything on the future. It means nothing for the future. How the players feel, it's irrelevant. It's nice for them that they won the game, and and we sh- like you said, we shouldn't expect them to do anything else. But like the Jets won six of their last eight last year, so for the people who say that like winning late in the season helps you, like how much did it help them this year when they lost the first thirteen games in a row with a lot of the same guys? Didn't seem to help that much. So I don't I don't think it helps that much. And then the Jets had a nice win in December of 2017 against the Chiefs to get their fifth win of the season. I'm sure the players felt really nice about that that year, and that was great, but how did Jets fans feel when they fell to six in the draft and to get a quarterback had to trade a bunch of picks to the Colts to move up to three? So it didn't really help the Jets that the players felt good about it. It's, it's irrelevant. I mean, this hurts where they're going we don't know if it hurts hundred percent cause we don't know how it's going to work out. And, and technically like, who knows, maybe somehow this ends up being some sort of a benefit if the Jets don't pick number one because of winning this game, but given the Jets history uh, recent and long-term probably not going to work out that way. I mean, you, you would have to think that if things keep going the way they are going for the Jets, that Trevor Lawrence is going to be great, and whatever they do, the odds are it won't work out. But again, these things aren't preordained. They're, I don't think there's curses, I, and I think there's a lot of evidence from other teams in sports that have broken out of the long slumps. You know, you are what you are until you're not anymore. The Eagles, nobody thought they could break through and win a Super Bowl. Nobody thought the Red Sox could break through and do it. Maybe something happens out of this that changes the, the, uh, the pattern and, and it could end up being a good thing, but to expect that or try to be real positive about it right now would be kind of delusional because if you look at the Jets' recent history and long-term history, that's not how this usually works out. So I, I understand why Jets fans are frustrated right now. It, I would be frustrated too, and it, it's, a, it's a bad situation. And it's worse that they got this close to the finish line. And then the, the, the way they won this game, they did give the defense credit. The defense, I think, threw in some new looks that surprised the Rams. Uh, nice job by Frank Bush. Uh, give the offense credit for playing the way they did late in the game and being aggressive and playing to win when we've seen in the past where like what they did against the Patriots where they just basically – and the Raiders, where they couldn't get first downs when they had a chance to seal the game. So so give the Jets credit for getting that right. But overall, this doesn't change anything. It's not like Sam Darnold played so well. We were like, oh, maybe he could be the answer long-term. Like, We haven't seen anything that suggests that he can be. Nothing credible I've seen. There were still a ton of questionable coaching decisions, like you said, with the clock management. That doesn't give you... I mean that that ship is long sailed but it's not like they coached a great game a flawless game got everything right and and they still have a bunch of talent issues and they're still going to need draft picks high draft picks to fix this um and this will probably make it more difficult because now it's not necessarily a lock that you go with a quarterback there but it's going to depend on what the Jets evaluation is so yeah it's uh those are just kind of my thoughts on it and some context, but um, I think Jets fans, you can be upset and you should be upset. And you also understand that like players aren't like trying to screw you. They just want to win because it, they, it's their job and you'd want to win too, because you only care. You'd only care about right now players can't think about the future of the franchise. Cause that's not who they are and what they're about. So um You can like appreciate that the players feel good, but also being mad. I think that's the right way to go. And and be frustrated because um, it was right there. It felt like it was right there, and and now it's not a guarantee. It's not over, but it sure looks like the best case is going to be the second pick for the Jets, and that opens a whole list of possibilities, obviously.
3: If you're a conspiracy theorist, Andy, you almost wonder – If Steven Ross sent Adam Gase here as a mole To ruin the franchise Because look at what has gone on the last two years Not only did Gase do everything he could To mess up Sam Darnold Who, by the way, at this moment Is number 33 out of 34 qualifying quarterbacks this season And has taken an incredible step downwards In fact, forget that He has torpedoed so far down that building him back up is going to be a monumental task and it's going to be a hindrance on the coaching search. And that is what I was getting at before. Having that number one pick and being able to get Trevor Lawrence makes getting a top tier coach that much easier. Having candidates be forced to choose between resurrecting Darnold or picking a much lesser quarterback prospect than Trevor Lawrence is a much tougher sell. But think about what Gase did by helping To torpedo Darnold Taking this team From people being optimistic about it With Darnold at the helm To now rooting for them to tank To get Trevor Lawrence And then finding a way To pull the rug out from under them And hand that pick To the Jacksonville Jaguars It really does feel like Some form of sabotage Obviously this isn't what actually happened But if Steven Ross were to write up a script To mess with the Jets He probably couldn't have done a better job if he tried. Andy, let's move on to something, believe it or not, that's a little less depressing, and that's injuries. Shocking that injuries would be less depressing than the actual game and the results, but in this particular case, rare exception it is less depressing and by the way speaking of injuries if you're injured due to someone else's negligence it can be a life-changing event and when that happens you want a strong legal team fighting for you to make sure you receive full compensation for your injuries you want to be able to call your legal team whenever you want you don't want your file to be on a shelf with hundreds of others and you don't want your lawyers to be afraid to go to court here's what you do want the legal team at Faruqi and Faruqi They give every client their personal cell phone number to call 24-7. They limit the number of clients they represent at one time so that they can give everybody ample personal attention. And they've got a long track record of taking on insurance companies, corporations, and the government in court, and most importantly, a long track record of winning. Prior results do not guarantee similar outcome. Learn more about them by going to nylegalteam.com. That's nylegalteam.com. And Andy... Let's talk about the big injury here, and that, of course, is Quinnen Williams. He came out of the game in the fourth quarter. It was really frightening because he went into the tent, then came back out, was walking on his own accord, but had to stop and throw up a couple of times. Sounds to me like there could be a major head injury there, perhaps a concussion. Talk to me about what you found out about Quinn and Williams after the game, and was there anybody else that was dealing with an injury?
2: Yeah, so uh really quick before I forget, you you didn't give Gates credit for his one great accomplishment with the Jets that that could be his lasting legacy is that he got McGgin fired. And he did it so quickly that he couldn't even like use it to keep his job for longer. So that's so that is the one good thing that <laughs> that he probably did for the future of this uh, franchise.
3: If Joe Douglas turns out to be Go a good ahead. general manager, early results seem promising, but there's no guarantees there.
2: Yeah, it it would just be hard for him to be worse than McKagan now that we're looking back on
3: mm-hmm. those accomplishments. But True.
2: not out of the question. It's very early, and and we're going to find out a lot more next year when this draft class gets to year two. Um, but one guy that McKagan did draft that seemed to look pretty good is, like you said, is Quinnen, and um. Yeah, he just He took a knee to the head from a teammate And he had trouble getting off the field and, and yeah, the the throwing up thing Walking off the field is a concern It's common with head injuries He, he is in the concussion protocol And that's really all we know right now um, I mean Different people have different reactions and stuff I'm not a doctor So I don't know if, you, if If a minor Concussion can have that kind of reaction I, Logic says probably not as a concern, but he, he's not a guy who's had chronic concussion problems. Obviously the jets should be very cautious with this. Cause that's the last thing you would want it to turn into. And it was a freak play. If it had to happen, happening at the end of the season is for the best. And it doesn't really matter to me, whether he plays the final two games or not. We saw everything we needed to see from Quinn and Williams this season. We saw it again on Sunday. He's, the real deal. He just turned 23 today. So his uh, trajectory is obviously on the, in the right direction. And there's, and there's a lot of time for him to continue improving. So um, long-term, I don't, I don't see that as a big concern, but yes, definitely something that you do not want to see. And, and, um, and on any other day, it would have been something that was jarring and alarming if, if the Jets had just lost this game, but it kind of got, lost in the shuffle because of, like we said, the meaning of today's win to to the future. In terms of the other injuries, um, there wasn't much. I, I, I'm going to check real quick to make sure, but there wasn't much that I saw that was meaningful. Um, that, yeah, that was it. That was the only guy who, who left the game and didn't return. Braden Mann, on that touchdown saving tackles did seem to be shaken up a little and the Jets weren't in a situation to punt again. So that might be something to watch going forward, man, that guy can hit for, for a little comparative little guy as a punter. But um, other than that, the Jets got through it healthy and um, should be pretty much a full strength aside from, from Williams potentially missing the game against the Browns.
0: It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
3: Andy, let's talk locker room quotes. Adam Gase decided to mess with Jets fans a little bit here, especially in relation to a quote he had about Frank Gore. What did Gase have to say, and what did the other players have to say after this game?
2: Yeah, I mean, it it was probably a shot at, at us. I don't know how much Adam Gase is browsing Twitter, but we've asked him a lot about Frank Gore and why he's using him so much and not younger running backs. And obviously fans have wanted to know that too. And, and when Gase was talking about that last play of the game, he said that it's uh, nice to have a hall of famer in there uh, who seems to make plays at the right time. It's a good thing. We had a hall of fame running back in there that make seems to make plays at the right time, which was obviously him saying that his faith in Gore was rewarded <laughs> Great! Congratulations! You're one in fourteen, or one in thirteen, or whatever you are. Like he helped you win one play. That doesn't mean he should have had the majority of carries today. It doesn't change the fact that they had their best running game since you've been here, with him taking one handoff. And yet, I think there's a role that would have been more acceptable the second half of the season for Gore, which but it wouldn't have been getting 20 carries in a game. So whatever, great. Congratulations. He came up with a game-winning play for you, and you're still going to get fired. So whatever. Um, Sam Darnold was asked about, um, you know, the whole 0-16 thing. Fans obviously wanted it, and Adam Gates was asked about this too. They they had similar answers. It's just like, Darnold Darnold couldn't help but smile a little because he's especially – it's probably satisfying for him because – you know he's the guy who's, who's going to get replaced if Trevor Lawrence comes for sh- almost for sure. So, well, he did control winning a game and, and played a part of it. And he said, um, his quote was, it "Doesn't affect us. We're focused on one job every single week, and that's winning a game. Anything other than that, we're not focused on." So, I, I would imagine again that it's personally satisfying for Darnold to play a part in winning this game and and doing that and, and knowing that it does give him a definitely a bigger chance of saying I don't know how big that chance is but it was a zero percent chance that Trevor Lawrence was drafted so again personally satisfying for him which is irrelevant to the future of the team because feelings don't really matter in terms of of that if the Jets were going to be probably better off. We're going to be better off with, with Trevor Lawrence and that's less likely to happen now. So, I mean, it's great that Sam Darnold feels, uh, feels good about it, but it would be better if, you know, he threw three touchdowns in a game for the first time since last year through for 300 yards for the first time since um, last year. So that that's more relevant to the future of this team. Um, Frank Gore was also very happy that he doesn't have to worry about going out at 0-16, and what could be his final year. I still think, of course, that he's not sure about, you know, what his future holds, but, um, I think if a team wants him, he'd probably play more, but I think he would also be a little bit more potentially discerning after going through a year like this and, and may not be as willing to sign on to a team that's not as good. And that might hurt his chances, but, um, you know, that's that. And then Marcus May also talked and again, basically, um you know, I will say give the Jets credit, it would have been easy for them to quit mail it in weeks ago. They've had a they've had not only a bad season, not only are they worse than most of the teams they play, but they've had some tough losses blowing three leads in the fourth quarter. If they had gone owen sixteen, they would have definitely been the Owen sixteen team that had come closest to winning way, way more often than the Browns and way more heartbreaking than the Lions in and, and their respective 0-16 season. So I, I think it says that something is going right inside the building that this team didn't quit. But again, that's like irrelevant because they're not, they, they didn't find enough ways to win games earlier in the season so they get, didn't get into the situation where their fans are rooting against them. And um, you know, the win means nothing in terms of where they're going this season, uh, other than that they won't be remembered as no one 16 team. So uh, that that's the report from the locker room where it was happy. Adam Gase said it was a, a you know, a, a, uh, a nice atmosphere, a different atmosphere, obviously. And then that it would make the, the long flight home a lot easier to deal with. And, Good for the Jets and the players on that count, and uh, I'm sure it won't make the night and the next, the next several months easier to deal with for Jets fans, though.
3: Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com. Thanks so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. I'm sure you've got plenty coming up, and I do mean plenty coming up this week over at NorthJersey.com because with the fallout of this game, there's a ton of material to cover. What are you going to have cooking over there over the next couple of days?
2: Well, I already posted something you can check out that kind of goes into detail about exactly how much this impacted their chances to get Trevor Lawrence. It's a significant percentage. So you can check that out. It'll be up. It's up there now. It'll be up in the morning. Going to look into uh, how their options might change and, you know, what they should do if, if they do end up with the number two pick now, because it, Obviously, I've made clear how I feel about Donald going forward, but the Jets may not feel that way. Other teams may not feel that way. It's all going to depend on basically how they evaluate the quarterbacks in the draft and, and what they see there. Maybe trading down is an option now. Um, who knows? So it's uh, obviously this is going to have a a big effect and. Um, nothing has really changed from what we've seen over the course of the years. So the effect is going to be on what they do in the draft and, and how they have to frame these decisions now. Um, so that's something I'm going to look at. And obviously Sam Donald's future is going to be a part of it. How much does this change that? I think it has the potential to change it, but it doesn't mean uh, that he looks any better than he did three days ago. So it's a complicated time for the jets, obviously this complicates things a lot more and it's going to affect them in a lot of ways. And also check out, uh, tomorrow posting early. I'll, I'll, I'll look at some of the impending free agents for the jets and, and which guys might be worth bringing back and, and which guys might not. And spoiler alert, it's going to depend on how much money these guys are looking for because, there's a reason this team is this bad, and, and there's not many on the roster that are that are worth bringing back, especially if they want top dollar. So a lot of, a lot of stuff to check out in the coming days at, at NorthJersey.com and, and in the two weeks we have left in this season. And moving forward from there, a lot more stuff as
3: well. Go ahead and follow Andy on Twitter at Andy underscore Vasquez and read his work. At NorthJersey.com If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet If you could go ahead and do that for us Really appreciate it Easy way to help out the show If you like what we're doing Doesn't take you much time Doesn't cost you any money But it goes a long way to help us out So if you could go ahead and do that for us We'd be quite grateful And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast You know where to go That's Turn on the Jets digital And turnonthejets.com